The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, Disability Law Show time. So good to have you for the uh, the next hour or so. Stick around. There's always a chance for you to have some input to the show. How do you do that? Well, you can uh, email, and uh, any email that you send may get on a future show, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's also how you can email Savan or our good pal Darren Saul, who's on the show today, joining us from the BC office. Savan Tamarkin, of course, co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Email address, yeah, help at disabilityrights.ca or any time when we're not here doing this uh, hour of radio, one 821 5900 And there's a couple more uh, ways to reach out. I'll, I'll go through those as the show continues. I just don't want to overload you off the top. We've got a lot of stuff to get through today, guys. Uh, a bunch of emails already stacking up. But I thought an interesting topic uh, you wanted to cover, Savannah, is this, and that is how your long-term disability insurance company is viewing your claim and how to protect yourself. I want to get right into this one. Number one, this is the, and if you're dealing with this, if you're listening to the show today, you got to remember these things. And again, any confusion, always reach out to the aforementioned contact that I just gave you. Number one is this. You are viewed, I love this one, as a number, not a person, a liability, and a potential fraud. How about that? Well, John, look, I remember, um, uh, you know, many years ago when in Ontario they had changed the legislation when it comes to car accident claims. And, of course, recently in B.C. it became no fault uh, so that you can't uh, or almost can't start any claims for compensation for car accidents. And, look, one of the ways that they sell this to the public is that this is dragging down insurance companies. It's raising rates. They're talking about mass fraud that is going on. Look, the reality is this. When you are making a claim for long-term disability because you can't work due to an illness or an injury, you are making a claim under a policy contract, either a policy through your workplace benefits as part of your benefits package, or if you had the foresight to get your own long-term disability policy privately, we see this a lot with professionals, uh, you know, you're making a claim because you've paid premiums, just like house insurance, car insurance, etc. But insurance companies, when they're viewing you making a claim, they're thinking to themselves, uh, figuratively, of course, oh my God, another claim, you know? I mean, we make money by uh, uh, collecting premiums, not paying out claims, and so that's the reason why you hear all these horror stories about insurance companies not wanting to pay. They don't want to pay claims, and if they do pay claims, they want to pay as little as possible, and they'll find any reason, any excuse, any justification to deny your claim, your long-term disability claim, or to cut off your benefits at some point down the road. And so when you're thinking about how the insurance company is viewing you, it's very different than how you're viewing the insurance company. You're viewing the insurance company as a safety net. They're viewing you as a number, a liability, someone who is now drawing down their resources. You're not a person to them, you're a liability and a potential fraud. I mean, after all, if you weren't a potential fraud, why are they conducting surveillance on people? Why are they asking for all these documents all the time, sometimes going overboard? You know, insurance companies inherently are suspicious. Now, I'm not saying there's no fraud out there. Of course, there's fraud. I just think that for the most part, people who are claiming long-term disability legitimately cannot work. They have difficulty working because of an injury or an illness. Sometimes it's psychological, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's a combination of both of those, right? Like chronic pain, for example. Chronic pain is you have actual pains, but you also have anxiety and depression and everything else that is wrapped into that. 
And so you need to understand how the insurance company is viewing you because if you think that they're your friend, you're sorely mistaken and it's going to come and bite you from the behind. So prepare yourself. And that's why we're here, John, Darren and I. Uh, and that's why we do this show every week and other shows on TV as well to educate the public so that you understand what insurance companies are there to do, what their obligations are, what your rights are as a claimant and an insured person. And if you have that knowledge then you have power. And if the insurance company violates your rights under the contract, you have a way to enforce them and we can help you. Darren, what do you think, pal? Anything to add? Well, I, I think Savan covered it perfectly. I mean, typically what I tell my clients is, is this, just like Savan said, you're, you're, you're viewing the insurance company as a safety net. What they are actually is a business and they are looking at you as someone who hurts their bottom line. They're collecting these premiums. And as long as they get to keep doing that, uh, they're nice and happy when they have to pay out on some of these claims, that's where they become a problem. And then they start to penny pinch. They start to conduct surveillance and spend money on surveillance, uh, you know, going through social media. Um, I, I've had claims in the past where people have been struggling with depression and, you know, the insurer will pull out a picture of, you know, that's on an Instagram or a, a Facebook where they're smiling and say, well, this is a smiling person. This isn't someone who's depressed. And anyone who's struggled with that knows that that's definitely not the case. And, and mm -hmm. but it just goes to show that, you know, they will use anything to to try to keep those premiums to avoid paying out or, or like Savannah said, to pay out as little as possible. It is a business. Um, yeah. Guys, reaching out any time to Darren or Savannah or their teams, no problem. 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca. We're talking about uh, how your long-term disability insurance company views you, views your claim, and how to protect yourself. Number two is this. You must be vigilant and view your insurer not as a safety net, but as a party to a contract that must pay you under that contract. Important stuff there. Yeah, and and this kind of goes back to what, what Savannah and I just talked about is is they are you know you're viewing them as a safety net. You paid your premiums. Perhaps you're a professional who who's gone out and purchased their own policy just in case the you know the, the unforeseeable has happened and you can't work and take care of your family. Um, you know, but you have to look at the insurer as they aren't your friend. They are they are looking at their bottom line and they're looking at you with suspicion and they're looking at you as someone who is going to be taking money out of their pockets. Uh, and you need to be looking at them as someone who has signed an agreement with you. The agreement has very clear wording, um, you know, in, in most cases. And, and, you know, typically that's why you come to us is, is to, to clarify that wording for the insurer and to say, listen, you you contracted with this person for this coverage. You need to pay because they fall under this contract now. And, and the insurer does have obligations to pay you under that contract. But that will not stop them from pulling out every argument in the book to try to avoid paying you. Um, or try to pay you as little as possible, or to delay paying you. Uh, and that's that's a lot of what we deal with um, as well, is, is getting people to to receive the proper payments in the proper time frame for the proper time that, that they're required to get those payments. Savannah, what do you think, pal? I agree with everything Darren said, and I'll say something else. Uh, when I was a young lawyer, a very young lawyer, I had a mentor, a very senior lawyer, uh, who dealt with insurance a lot. And I remember him saying something that always stuck with me, which is that when you are uh, purchasing insurance, contrary to what the insurance company wants you to think when they're advertising for you to go with them. By the way, we see advertisements all the time for insurance, for car insurance, house insurance, etc., on TV, uh, on the radio. And what are they selling you? They're selling you peace of mind. They're telling you, we're going to be there for you when it rains. We're going to be that umbrella. We're going to you know, do everything that needs to be done. You're going to be happy with us. 
in reality, you're not buying a friend and you're not buying a safety net. You are buying a contract. You're buying a set of legal rights and obligations that the insurance company has an obligation to uphold. You as well as, as a party to the contract, even if it's through your health benefits at work, you're an insured person. So once there is this contract in place, you now have the right to enforce that contract. And when you hit a wall with the insurance company because they're giving you an excuse as to why they're not paying you, why they're denying your long-term disability benefits, or why they're doing something they're not allowed to, you're hitting that wall with them. This is when you call us. In fact, I should say you should call us beforehand so we can help you avoid hitting that wall. But, you know, John, when people hit that wall, they get frustrated. They think there's no way to take on the insurance company. Again, that's what we, we do for a living. We are lawyers. This is what we do. We deal with insurance companies. And so if you hit that wall, go to a bigger wall. That's us. The insurance company is going to hit against us and we're going to force them to pay. And that's what we do each and every day. Darren does that. I do that. Other members on, on our team throughout the country, by the way. I mean, we help people in other provinces as well, not just where we have offices like Ontario, BC, and Alberta. We actually have other people from Manitoba, from the Maritimes. They contact us when they're denied long-term disability because we help them deal with these insurance companies and we help them force insurance companies to pay them what they're owed. Let's get to one more of these guys. We're talking about how your long-term disability insurance company is viewing your claim and how to protect yourself. Again, you need this information, especially when you're going through this, and that is shield yourself from any excuses that your insurance company may have to stop your benefits by, uh, how do you do that? Seeing your doctor regularly, getting treatments, all that, and recording any conversations and interactions with your adjuster as well. Uh, what do you think about that, Darren? So I think that, I mean, that this is, this is great advice. You, you want to make sure that what is said to you in a conversation with your adjuster is um, something you can hold them accountable to. You know, I've had people come back and, and in, in some cases they'll say, well, you know, I said this and, and this is how it was construed by the other party. I think if you've got a good record of that, that's very, very important, you know, and, and ensuring that when you go to your doctor, you know, you, you've got a record there from a third party, you've got a record there from your treating physician, your treating practitioners, your physio, whoever else you're seeing. You know, not just about what's bothering you on that day. I tell people, give them your, your full list, you know, not just what you're there to see. If, you're, if your physio is dealing with your back, you can talk about your depression. You can say, you know, it's been difficult for me to do my exercises or whatnot because I've been depressed. You, you want as, as much of a record of this as possible. What you don't want is people, you know, the insurance company to point back to say, oh, you only mentioned your back uh, in January and then you didn't mention it again until July. So it must not have been hurting. In, in that right. period. And, and I think vigilance is important for that. And with any doctor, anyone you're seeing, um, you know, that, that's always very important. Savannah, you take us into the break, pal. Last uh, couple of minutes before we break. What do you think about that last point? Well, I, I, again, I agree with everything Darren said. Avoid giving the insurance company ammunition to use against you for denying your long-term disability claim. And if you go to our website, one of our websites, LTDFAQ, long-term disability frequently asked questions, dot com. Uh, you will see that there is a short memo there that we've created for free. You can just go click on it. No one's going to ask you for your name, your number, nothing. You just click on it, and you'll see the most common reasons for denial. And, and if you look at them, you'll understand very quickly that insurance companies will use every justification they have, every reason, every rationale, no matter how illegitimate it is, to cut off your benefits. And so you want to avoid those. Now, if you happen not to avoid those, if you happen to get cut off, for any reason, you come to us and then we'll look at your case for free and we'll talk to you for free and tell you what you can do. But the reality is insurance companies are there 
not to pay your claim, but to deny your claim and make sure that their shareholders get as much money as they can. And they do that again by denying claims. And we are the antidote to that. We are going to slide into a bunch of emails now. you got some time to uh, send one over. Yours may appear on a future show as well. And get some answers. How do you do it? Help at disabilityrights.ca or the phone number anytime. Talk to Darren or Savannah. They've got a great team behind them as well. You can have a chat. won't cost you anything and have a little bit lengthier time than we would have on this show. one 821 5900 And as uh, Savannah just mentioned, a good website uh, for you to go through that's not uh, full of legal speak. Really easy to understand notations all about the topic of LTD and what you might be facing. LTD faq.ca short break and right back at it more of the disability law show is on the way you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment all right welcome back disability law show good to have you along john skulls here and with me savan tamarkin co-founding partner sam firu tamarkin llp and out west we got our good pal Darren Saul is uh, filling in and doing all the questions, same as Savannah, answering all of your questions through email. You can also reach out when the show's not on, right? Phone call, 1-855-821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email address we always go to. Ted is first up. Ted's in Manitoba, says, hey, guys, I watched your program on uh, Saturday on uh, Global TV. We like Ted. He said, an excellent source of info. Thank you. I'd like a uh, I'd like a copy of uh, Doctor's Guide when filling out a patient's medical history form. It was mentioned on the program as being available. Can you post mail a copy or can I get it via email or print it? Why does your show only mention Alberta, Ontario, and BC? Ted likes us. <laughs> he does like us. So let me answer that. So first of all, with respect to the document he's referring to, like we discussed or I mentioned in the previous segments, we have a website that we created, uh, I think it was about a year ago, right, John? I think about, it's called LTD. FAQ.ca, is it yep. .ca, I believe, yeah. CA, sorry. yeah. .ca. Uh, so long-term disability, frequently asked question.ca. And we created that website, especially for people out there, for the public, not for insurance companies, but for the public at large, uh, to be able to get answers to the most frequently asked questions that people have about long-term disability. And I'm on that website right now, and some of the topics are returning to work, appeals, employment issues, together with long-term disability, independent medical examinations. And one of the memos, and this is the one that this gentleman has now referred to, is uh, doctor and treating health professional reports. And what this memo is, because this website and then these memos, these free memos where we are answering these questions, talks about what should a doctor put in a report or what is ideally the type of information that insurance companies are looking for and what would be helpful for a regular person who's applying for long-term disability or wants to stay on long-term disability, what does the report from the doctor need to contain? And so if you go to that website, ltdfaq.ca, you'll be able to click on that memo and it's, again, it's free. You don't have to put your name, your number, nothing. It's free for the public. You can download the PDF. We can mail it to you too if you'd like, but the reality is you can just go there on the web and click on it along with all the other memos. And to answer the other question, why do we always mention Ontario, BC, and Alberta? Well, because that's where we have physical offices. Right. We actually have physical... In fact, Darren is in BC right now. I'm in Ontario right now. We have some of our lawyers in Alberta right now, in Calgary. And so we operate... Uh, specifically out of those three provinces, but the reality is that we actually have, uh, you know, we, we have claims, we're dealing with long-term disability claims across the country. And in fact, we do have claims in Manitoba that we're currently handling 
Why? Well, because the law as it relates to long-term disability is essentially the same across the country, across Canada, with the exception of Quebec, that's an outlier. But all the other territories or the, or the provinces, very, very similar. And the insurance companies are the same. We're dealing right. with the exact same insurance companies and many times the same defense lawyers. And so when I mention Ontario, BC and Alberta, it's simply out of habit because we have physical offices and we have individuals, team members, Darren and other individuals who are actually working with us as part of our team, handling these kinds of claims each and every day. They're there, but we are also handling cases across the country. So don't be alarmed. Uh, if you know someone who's having an issue, whether it's in Saskatchewan or uh, Nova Scotia or anywhere else, we can help people across the country, again, with the exception of Quebec, deal with their long-term disability claims. Ted, appreciate the email. Ted in Manitoba, you can reach out to one 821 5900 and just in case you use it, ltdfaq.ca uh, or .com. Either one will land you on the same page, so you can go there anytime you would like, ltdfaq.ca. Uh, Let's get down to Arnold in uh, BC, Penticton, to be uh, precise. Uh, Darren, I'm going to send this one your way. says, I'm on LTD and have been approved until age 65. The company that I work for has increased their LTD benefits. I've been told that I'm only entitled to what the benefits were prior to the increase. Is this the case, or am I entitled to the increase, or yearly indexing, etc.? What do you think? So I, I think this is a great question that, that, that Arnold's got here. It's a very specific question that, that I mean, I haven't come across it a, a ton. Um, and and it, it's a unique situation. I think with something like this, you have a contract of insurance with the insurer. If that changes during your tenure, so for example, if you your company is with insurer A, well, you go on long-term disability and they switch to insurer B, you stick with insurer A. If they simply get an increase from insurer A during when the time you're on long-term disability, I mean, my opinion would be that you're stuck with that contract unless there's provisions provided for in the contract that allow people currently on disability to, to take advantage of the increased premiums. Uh, many contracts, so when you're talking about yearly indexing or, or any increases, many contracts of insurance do have things like a cost of uh, living allowance or cost of living increase uh, per year. So, so this kind of boils down to the basic concept that this is, this is a contract and you, you live and die by the words of the contract. So I always tell people, give us a call. If you have questions like this, these are great questions. Send the contract in for us to look at. We'll review it. We'll, like Savannah said, we'll have a free consultation with you. You know, we, we you know you want to make sure you're getting all the benefits you are owed. Uh, even if you haven't been denied, sometimes it's good just to read your contract. Make sure you're getting everything you're supposed to get. There may be benefits in there that you're owed that you don't know about. Uh, there may be cost of living increases that you should be getting yearly that you haven't been getting. Um, you know, I've seen that before as well. Um, so, you know, this is you know, a very specific question. It's a great question. And it's good to see Arnold thinking about that. Um, but, but definitely contact us, send your contract in and, and you know, have us have us review it. Savannah, let me, he says, Arnold says has been approved until age 65. Does that mean he's allowed to stay on benefit till 65 or that's just when the contract uh, closes off? What does he mean by that? <clears throat> that's a good question, John. We don't know how old Arnold is. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some people think they've been approved until age 65 because in their discussions, oral discussions with the adjuster, they've been led to believe that they're going to have no issues. The reason he's mentioning 65 is because the vast majority of long-term disability policies do take you to age 65. They'll pay out until age 65. The problem is, and I've seen this happen. In fact, I had a case, uh, I think it was uh, three or four weeks ago, where a person who has been on LTD for 17 years 
and is nowhere near the age 65, um, has had an adjuster that had approved him all this time. And then there was a different adjuster assigned. Something happened. Maybe the other person left or something. And now there was a review of the claim. And now there were questions as to whether or not he is, in fact, totally disabled from doing any type of work for which he is uh, uh, suitable for. And, and so now, whereas before, he was led to believe that he would in fact get benefit until age 65, which is the termination date of the contract, of the policy, the LTD policy. Now, uh, he, it appears that he may be cut off and we're going to have to help him. So if somebody tells you, if your adjuster tells you, you're going to be approved or you're approved to age 65, get that in writing. Get that in writing so that we can use that later. We don't want a situation where it's a he said, she says situation, right? Uh, by the way, just to go back for a second, John, to uh, Darren's uh, uh, points here on this, I thought that you know he answered this uh, question uh, fantastically well. This can often be a very complicated thing when you have an employer changing insurance companies, uh, when you're having a situation here that an employee who's on LTD finds out that other individuals, perhaps other colleagues, uh, are able now to get higher benefits, maybe with a different insurance company, or maybe they have other benefits. We see this a lot also with unions, where unions have multiple uh, collective agreements, multiple health benefits, or LTD insurers, depending on when you join uh, you know, the company. And so it's really important to understand that when, when you inquire with your insurance company as to whether or not you should be getting an increase, whether you should be getting a cost of living allowance or increase, um, and the insurance company says no, that you ask them for a copy of your policy, and you actually go to that policy and read it. And if you have, you have any questions, you, first of all, you can ask us those questions. Secondly, you can go on that website I had mentioned, ltdfaq.ca. There's actually a memo there uh, that is called Frequently Used Long-Term Disability Terms. So many people call us, John, because they're asking questions about their LTD policies and they don't understand certain terminology there, right? It's not necessarily plain language. And so we made a memo on our website uh, that defines many of those terms and explains what they are. But again, you give us a call because it costs nothing, nothing to speak with a member of our team. Arnold, nicely done. Here is that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, And you've got the email address, but I'll give it out. Regardless, help at disabilityrights.ca. Moving down to uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa, rather, back in Ontario. And Kitchener says, my husband was denied LTD at first, so he had uh, no income coming in. Went on EI sick uh, sickness for 15 weeks while we appealed for LTD. His EI sickness ran out. We finally got approved, but they backdated the money a bit, and it uh, overlapped with the EI sickness. We did not think it was an issue at the time, and now, wondering if they find out there was an overlap, can we get denied or cut off for this reason? Wow. Well, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, overpayments and double payments and those kinds of issues arise all the time in different contexts. In the context, this is in the context of Ontario, but I, I was just dealing with one of our partners uh, in our BC office with respect to uh, PWD. Uh, and, and, you know, again, if you're dealing with a situation where the insurance company uh, is entitled to a credit for any payments you get, collateral payments, whether it's from the government or another insurance your insurance, your LTD, is not allowed to simply cut you off or deny your benefits because you got benefits elsewhere. What they can do in some circumstances, let me highlight some, uh, they can claim a credit for that. The most common example is when an insurance company, a long-term disability insurer, says to you, apply for CPP disability, 
you apply for it, you get it, and you're thinking that you're going to get CPP disability on top of what you're getting from your long-term disability insurer. Well, you're not getting it on top. All that this new money is doing is reducing how much your own LTD insurer has to pay you. And in many instances with, with collateral benefits or government benefits like EI sickness, for example, if the LTD policy contains a provision, remember to what Darren said, to his point, it's a contract. If the LTD contract, the policy states that your LTD amounts get reduced by any government program such as EI sickness or PWD, for example, in, in BC, uh, then they're not going to deny your claim, but you're gonna they're going to reduce your LTD benefits by whatever amount it is that you've received from those other sources. Does that make sense, John? The idea is here that you're not supposed to get double recovery. You're not supposed to get right. two different benefits at the same time on top of each other. Now, people ask, well, why not? Well, that's the way the, 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 the policies are structured. That's the way the law is. I, I can't help with that. That's just the way the law is. But sometimes, sometimes insurance companies trying to claim credits they try and claim uh, a deduction when they're not allowed to do so. We've seen that happen as well. And so it's very important, again, to go back to what the policy says. And if you have questions on that, you come to us. But Lisa's, Lisa's concern here, obviously, is this is what she's asking at the end. Can we get denied or cut off for this mm -hmm. reason, for the fact that there was that overlap? The answer is you should not be. Can you? You could because insurance companies cut off and deny long-term disability claims for the stupidest reasons. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that they're allowed to do it. That's my point here. Insurance companies deny long-term disability claims all the time. But in many, many instances, they're not allowed to do so. I'm not saying they're doing it intentionally. I mean, someone cynical may think that they are. Frankly, some people on our team are cynical and think that they are. <laughs> but that's not the issue. The issue is, can we help you if you're denied illegally, inappropriately, immorally? Yes, we can. And that's what we do. We help people get the benefits from their long-term disability insurance companies that they otherwise would not get. That's what we're here for. We are working through our pile of emails. we got a bunch more to go here, so we'll take a short break and get back into them. Thank you so much if you've had yours on air. And if you've sent one along, it'll either be on this show or a future show for sure. How do you do it? Help at disabilityrights.ca. Phone number to reach out to Darren or Savannah or their respective teams. Always there for a phone call, 1-855-821-5900. And another resource for you to ask questions anonymously and free. Of course, my disabilityquestions.com short break yeah and we'll continue more the disability law show is coming up you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment we are back. Disability Law Show. Good to have you along for the hour. You think to yourself, okay, well, I got a question for these guys. Can I reach out through email or phone call? Sure can. There's all kinds of time and it's always open for you to do so. It's a 24-hour thing. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. You'll get a hold of Darren Saul or Savannah Markin or their respective teams, Ontario and BC and Alberta as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address we always pull from and then ltdfaq.ca or .com. Both will uh, lend you at the same place. And that would be a nice website, cleanly cut and organized in memos about LTD. Simple boxes. It's like Lego. You can't mess it up. No legal speak. It's layman's terms. And there's all kinds of topics having to do under the LTD banner. You just click on them and read. Log off. Nobody knows you're there. It's beautiful. It's a beauty. LTDFAQ.ca. But want to get to another email, guys? Uh, Larry, St. Catherine says, uh, I've been on LTD since July 1st. 
for major depression and anxiety with an attempt of suicide. I had been on work uh, accommodations since 1996 for back issues. Sitting and standing would aggravate my back issues, causing me to go on short-term disability multiple times over past years with the same insurance company that has granted me LTD for my depression. Can I use my back issue in my long-term claim at the two-year mark, he mentions. What do you think? So that's a great question from Larry here. So I'm assuming July 1st is, is going to be July 1st of this year. Um, the fact that he's been on work accommodation since 1996 for his back issues is, I think, very interesting. The fact that he's had short-term disability claims and, and been able to come back um, is something that will that will factor into this. I, the question I think he's asking here, the, the two-year mark where that's important, is most contracts of insurance are split into, for long-term disability at least, are split into two periods or two stages. One is the what's called the own occupation phase, which is you're disabled from working in your own occupation. Um, and the, the second phase is any occupation. And so that, that essentially just means that you can't work in any comparable uh, occupation based on your disabilities. And, and so it really, this is where, and this is going to go back to some of the stuff we've talked about earlier today, some of the stuff that's on our website that, that speaks about you need to be clear and, and ensure you're saying, you're telling your doctors everything. This is where um, this is all going to become very, very important. The fact that um, Larry has, has been diagnosed with major depression and anxiety. Um, you know, part of that could be due to his back pain. I, I imagine if you're sitting on, um, you know, multiple short-term claims and if you have back pain for, you know, 20, 30 years, um, that's going to, to lead you to a state of depression, to be upset. There's things you can or cannot do. So it's a complicated answer. You need to look at the, you know, we would look at the medical evidence, um, uh, you know, at the two year mark when he looks at any occupation, they will look at overall, the insurance company is supposed to look at overall, can you do this? Can you do any type of job? What is preventing you from it functionally? Is that, is there emotional, is there cognitive, is there physical issues that are um, dealing with this? The, the, the only place that may come into an issue here is if, and it doesn't seem like this is because he's gotten short-term in the past for it, but it can come to be an issue if someone has a pre-existing condition. And, and it's not as simple as it sounds. It's a contractual term that, that is dealt with in every long-term or most long-term disability contracts. Um, and so sometimes insurance companies will say, hey, you had this condition before you had coverage. We're not going to cover you. But it's not that simple. Um, you know, when the insurance company tells you something, like Savan said earlier, get it in writing, come talk to us, bring it to us, because it is not as simple as you had this before you came to us, or you've had this before, we're not going to let you use it now. It's not that simple. Um, you know, you always want to check with us. Don't take, you know, don't, you don't take anyone at their word. You, you, you come, you bring it to us. Cause like we've, we've harped on in the past, this is a business for them. They are there to deny claims and they are there to look out for their bottom line. Uh, not for you. That's what we're here for. We're here to look out for you. Um, so when they tell you that stuff, get it in writing, bring it to us and, and let us help you. Uh, Savannah, what do you think, pal? I, I agree again with everything Darren says, this is a very nuanced situation you want to try and avoid a pre-existing exclusion. Um, again, one of the justifications insurance companies use to deny claims. I think that, uh, you know, off, it makes sense that uh, the conditions would be intertwined, the psychological and the physical. Again, we've seen that many, many times before with chronic pain. Um, and 
it's a case-by-case basis. It's very hard to give Larry a definitive answer here. I would want to see the medical documentation. I would want to review the policy. And I'd want to make sure that we navigate any landmines with him so that he maximizes the chances of getting approved for long-term disability. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee uh, that he's going to be able to get that LTD beyond the two-year mark, uh, depending again on the policy provisions. But the fact that he's been on LTD since July 1st and he's already looking forward is a good thing. And I think that now he's reached out to us before problems have arisen will allow us to help him. Guys, we will continue on with uh, with more emails. Who we got here? Rita in uh, in Red Deer. Nicely done. Again, help at disabilityrights.ca. I've been on LTD since March 20th. My LTD said I need to go back to work right now, but without accommodation. How do I get accommodation for my gradual return over time? Who decides? <laughs> that's, in- that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so first, of all, I say it's interesting, not because it's a complicated question. It's not. It's interesting because of that phrase, my LTD, meaning the LTD insurer, said I need to go back to work right now without accommodation. That's complete nonsense. That is complete and utter nonsense. Your insurance company cannot tell you that you are required to go back to work if you're not ready. You need to consult with your doctors and follow whatever your doctors are saying. If your doctors are saying that you're disabled from working at this point in time, then you are disabled from working at this point in time. And if the insurance company doesn't pay you, we will force them to pay you, number one. Number two, who decides what kind of accommodations you're supposed to be getting for a gradual return to work? Your doctors. Your doctors, in conversation with you, in discussions with you, in consultations with you, will work with you a plan, something that makes sense. And whatever your doctors say, that's what you then take to the employer. And Darren does a lot of employment law as well, so he can comment on this. Your employer has an obligation to accommodate you up to a certain point. What we see sometimes, John, is we see insurance companies forcing people or pressuring people to go back to work before they're ready. The employer says, I can't accommodate what you're asking me to accommodate. And then we have a potential hybrid issue where you know we have to decide, who do we need to go after to protect this individual? The insurance company or the employer? And sometimes it's both and sometimes it's one or the other. But that's one of the nice things about our firm is that we have this unique dual practice of employment law and long-term disability law. And that's what we advise people. And Darren, by virtue of being a a hybrid lawyer, let's call him that, he has expertise in both areas of law, he can advise you if, in fact, the accommodation or the lack of accommodation is an employment issue and what your rights are in that regard with your employer or if it's an insurance issue. And then we can go after the insurance company to force them to do what they need to do under the policy. Guys, one more small little break, and we'll get to more of your emails. These are awesome, by the way. If you could treat it, really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to punch out an email and send it along. If you want to do so, if we don't have time uh, today, we'll get to a future show. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address, or you can bypass that. Go right for the phone call. Talk to Savan or Darren or a member of their team, one 821 5900 We'll continue. Disability Law Show continues. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, welcome back. Disability Law Show, a few minutes to go. We'll get in as much as we can. About emails, help at disabilityrights.ca. The phone number to get a hold of Darren Saul or Savannah Tamarkin, one in BC, one here right in Ontario. Same thing, one 821 5900 And we uh, like to mention this as well. There's a website built uh, with memos about LTD, really simple to understand, low legal speak. It's in plain English, easy to navigate, LTD 
faq.ca. But want to get to Tom's email, guys. I'll throw this one towards you. Darren says, my brother wants to switch doctors because the one he is seeing doesn't want to help him get better, only wants to keep pumping him of medications and report back to the insurer. This doctor was provided by the insurer. Can he switch doctors? Thanks, John. And th- and thanks, Tom. That's an interesting question. It, you know, from, from what I'm getting from this is the doctor that was provided by the insurer, the insurers typically in, in, in most insurance contracts, there'll be a term in there that people will see. And, and you know, always look at your policy. This is this, the policy is the most important document when it comes to your long term disability coverage, you always want to have a copy of that you always want to look at it to understand your rights and, and to see what the insurer can and cannot do or can and cannot ask you to do. So here, this is probably a situation uh, where the insurance company has referred him to an independent medical expert. So a, a doctor that's paid by the insurance company to review a patient or, or a client or, or someone on long-term disability, provide recommendations and um, with respect to their disability and them getting back to work. And, and, and that's the key here is most of these independent medical examinations that are done at the behest of the insurance company, the goal is to best figure out how to get you off coverage. Because again, their goal is to stop paying you or to pay you as little as possible or to cut you off and say, go back to work. We had a question earlier where they were, you know, the, the individual was wondering, you know, the insurance company said, you have to go back to work with no accommodation. And like Savan said, you know, that's the, they're not allowed to do that. And in an independent medical exam that they may send you for, it may be their way of trying to do that with some kind of support. You, you know, as a, as a person on LTD, you can, you have your own doctor, you have a family doctor, the insurance company can't dictate what doctor you go to, you go to your own doctor, you know, it's best to have an independent doctor of your own, a family practitioner, a walk-in clinic that you go to, if, if you don't have a family practitioner, I know that's a problem in some provinces, go to a walk-in clinic, but go consistently. And you want to see the same doctor, you want to have a nice, clean, straight record with one doctor, if you can, and have them assess you. They're not beholden to the insurance company. They're not, they're not reporting to the insurance company. They, they listen to you. They listen, they, they treat you and the insurance company will get their records. That's his, yeah. that's the best way to go. He can definitely, you know, he can't, I, I wouldn't suggest refusing to see the insurance company's doctor, depending on the, the exact situation that, that he's in. I mean, we need a little more information. I wouldn't refuse, but I would definitely have my own doctor. I would definitely be explaining to them what's going on. I would be explaining my concerns with some of the treatments that I've been getting if I have concerns about the medication or whatnot. Um, uh, but I would definitely do that. Keep a clean record, talk to them, tell your own doctor everything. Uh, and, and then, you know, come to you, like Tom's done the right thing here. He's got this question. This is very specific. You know, he could be getting into a bad situation here. He's reached out to us. He's done the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Savan? Yeah, I, I think Darren is approaching it from the standpoint of an IME, that independent medical assessment, which I always laugh at that term because it, it presupposes that the assessment is independent and it's nothing but independent, as Darren uh, so eloquently explained. Uh, and it's not independent because the doctors are paid by the insurance company to do the assessment. But there is another situation that occurs that we sometimes see, not necessarily with doctors, sometimes with clinics, a clinic that you're being sent to for any reason, a physio clinic, a chiropractic clinic, a massage clinic, whatever it is, where the insurance company says, okay, we, we know you need these treatments, whatever those are. Maybe it's a psychologist or a psychotherapist. We want you to go to that particular clinic or that particular practitioner and get treatments, not an assessment, but treatments from that practitioner or that clinic. And so the person asks me, 
do I have to go to the person or the clinic that the insurance company is sending me to, not for an assessment, but for treatments? It comes back to what Darren said, which is let's look at the policy. I have yet to see a policy that obligates you to go to a specific clinic that the doctor, that the insurance company says you must go to. Typically, what insurance uh, policies uh, say is that you must undergo reasonable treatments or you must undergo an independent medical assessment if we ask you to. But they don't generally say you have to go to this particular clinic. Now, why not go to one of these clinics that the insurance company is sending you to for treatments? For exactly this reason, because mm -hmm. a lot of these clinics, they may be good clinics, but there is a reason why the insurance company wants you to go to those clinics and to those psychotherapists and to those chiropractors. Why? Because they know that down the road, they may get a report or an opinion from whoever's treating you on their behalf, right. telling them that you are good now to go back to work. I'm not saying it happens all the time. All I'm saying is that if the insurance company is telling me that they want me to go to a particular clinic, I got to ask myself, why are they pushing me to go to that particular clinic? So what's the alternative? The alternative is to ask your doctor for a recommendation, unless you already have a certain practitioner that you, you're used to. You know, if you have a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a physiotherapist or whoever it is that's treating you and you're comfortable with them, or maybe you know someone like that through a family uh, member or a friend that goes to someone like that and you want to go there for treatments, Nothing wrong with you telling the insurance company, you know what, thank you for your recommendation, but I'll go to that particular clinic. If the insurance company says, no, you must go to whoever we send you to for treatments, ask them a very simple question. Ask them to show you where in your mm -hmm. insurance policy, in the contract, it says explicitly that you must go to the clinic that they are sending you to. You know, the analogy here, just so that uh, I get this through to people, is that if you're in a car accident and you have to take your car to a mechanic to fix your car, if the insurance company tells you you must go to you know, mechanic A, uh, you ask them, where does it say in my insurance policy that I have to take my car to mechanic A? You know, it, it, Generally, you won't have that kind of a provision. So you need to make sure that you go to the right treatment providers. You need to make sure that you get the treatments from somebody who's not biased, who's not beholden to the insurance companies. Because if you do go to one of those doctors and clinics, just be aware that down the road, those individuals, they may be very good at what they do, but they may say something that is not exactly accurate about your condition just because they want to satisfy the insurance company. So the insurance company sends them more patients. Yeah, well, they know where their, uh, their bread's getting buttered, right? Exactly. Where, where puss comes to <laughs> shove, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Guys, fantastic stuff as always. We appreciate you as well if you've reached out through email today. Don't stop. They will be out, uh, answered after the show. Uh, Savan and Darren have a wonderful crew behind them doing exactly that and dealing with your uh, your problems with insurance companies and else and, and otherwise. You want to reach out by phone to 1-855-821-5900. That email address, help at disabilityrights.ca. And for anything else, any other thing you need, to learn about LTD in your case. In simple speak, easy to navigate, free and anonymous too. That is ltdfaq.ca. And we'll catch you next time. This is the Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.